0: Here's a thought. What if you woke up to find you'd won $20,000 every month for 20 years? Imagine the possibilities. Set for life from New South Wales Lotteries. Grab an entry in-store or online today. Welcome to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by
1: Outside90.com. What a game! What a weekend! Brisbane and Royal claim their fourth... Hang on, I knew I shouldn't have written this show's introduction a month ago. Welcome to the George Lambert-Aridis episode 32 of the Brisbane Football Review for the Outside90 fan network. It's James, Scott and Adam with you tonight. How are we guys? Even a month ago, that's highly optimistic. <laughs> of course, I'm always optimistic.
0: Adam? Even James, in has got he's in two of our listeners. And, yeah, that's a very... No, uh, no, that's a hard one start, but we'll... we stuff. Re-
1: hopefully, we can recycle that for next year. <laughs> <Yeah. okay? laughs> we would never recycle any content. Now, yeah, definitely not in last week's episode either. All right, so while the A-League is finished until October, we still have some Raw Champions League content that we can milk out of this year before wrapping up. So the double dreams will be, have, have to be put on hold until next May. Congratulations have to go to the champions of Australia, the blue team that isn't Melbourne City. Let's get started with a quick recap of Sunday night's decider. It was Mel, uh, Melbourne victory going down to Sydney FC on penalties. It was a good game, wasn't it, Scott?
2: We'll start with congratulations to Sydney. And joining, Sky Blue Views. For joining the three-time championship club with the Roar and Melbourne victory, of course. But it was a, it was a really good game. And it was a far better game than a lot of people expected it to be because Melbourne Victory, they really troubled them, particularly in the first half. It looked like 2015 all over again when Victory just just bullied Sydney out of the game that day and for 45 minutes they did it again. So it was really interesting to see how Sydney overcame that in the second half.
0: I, don't I think any just any sort of assertions that you know that Sydney were in and basically just play out, I think that was quickly um, put to rest. I think Melbourne Victory came to play, and I think in, in the end of the day, another one of these games where you didn't, you really don't think there should be a loser, but obviously only one team can lift the trophy, and that was uh, Sydney FC.
1: Yeah, and I thought I watched the first half for having to go out for a friend's birthday dinner. By the way, happy birthday, Bella, today. So. It was I, it was a really enthralling game, just like the way Victory came out and basically said, all right, we're going to bring Sydney down to our level. And I thought Lee Broxham had a fantastic audition for the Waratahs and any Australian Super Rugby franchise, because <laughs> his tackling was actually better than what we've seen in a, from a lot of them this season.
0: <laughs> I think Definitely, I think uh, Melbourne Rebels might become <laughs> calling, if they have a team, of course. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah,
2: Victory did kind of telegraph their tactics, didn't they? They made it clear they were going to pressure Sydney and they made it clear that they thought the weakness was behind the fullbacks. And you saw a lot Ben Calfly trying to get Rojas in behind. And he had, didn't have the best game, but the tactic worked. Because mm. when the second half, it forced Michael Zilla to stay back. And that took away that outlet for Sydney. So it forced Sydney to change the way they played as well, which is to their credit. Because David Carney off the bench was spectacular. Mm. He and really changed the game for them in the second half.
1: Well, the substitutions really did make the difference because Graham Arnold made them. And... Kevin Muscat really didn't. I don't think he trusted the options he had. Actually, to be honest with you, and that's one of those things that you will point out. Sydney have had much better squad depth all throughout the year, and it paid off in the end. Absolutely,
2: did. That's where you need your depth in
1: those sort of situations. Though. But the uh, first goal scorer was Bessart Barisha.
0: Who else? You know, five five goals and four grand finals. You now he like big time Bess. I think uh, look ahead, and it was a very very good goal as well. And I think that's you know, it's the one one thing we've got to serve. You know. Pay credit too is that you now the way he scored that it was a complete sort of shock, especially at the Cove end. And you know you thought there that you know victory was sort of on top. The one thing
1: that kind of jumped out for me in that was he had James Troisi wide open on his left, and he just went. No nah, stop it! I'm going to beat Alex Wilkinson and score myself. He was
2: never going to pass that.
1: <laughs> That's the good striker in him. Just gets a side of goal, he goes for it. Yeah, it was. It was really good. You know, I was impressed and. Yeah. Anyway, we'll keep moving quickly because the role weren't involved. But
2: say, it was. A, people said it was a poor game. Quality was. I don't think it was a high intensity game. Two yeah. teams that were playing at such a high intensity it didn't allow the ball players to get a lot of time on the ball.
1: You know what it almost felt like? One of those Celtic Rangers derbies. Yeah. Obviously not with that same level of hostility, right. but that
0: carefully not cyber making no. But that same like intensity that, of a I big know derby saying, yeah. game. Yeah, it's a,
1: that same sort of mm. level of very attritional.
2: Yeah. And, in fairness, Sydney did wear them down in the second half and also into extra time as well.
1: That's right, and they did equalise with a scrappy one from Rahi and Grant. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Yeah. yeah, he probably should have
2: been red carded three or four times by that point. Did but it? what, fifteen fouls by that point from Grant? Yeah,
1: but again, that same thing's been happening all finals <laughs> yeah. where they've actually made a concerted effort to keep players on the pitch. Unless you're Joshua Sotirio with a poorly spelled (laughs) first (laughs) name. Well, Ryan Grant spelled poorly as well. I know, so maybe he should have been (laughs) off for that. But, yeah, I thought Jared Gillette handled the game phenomenally (laughs) considering he could have very easily lost control with that little melee in the first half and put both sides down to 10. Other referees would have given out 20 yellow cards in this game.
2: Sean Evans. At half time. Much, oh, so. I think
0: uh, Joe Gill. I think proved he's the best whistleblower in the game at the moment in in Australia. Like I said, and I think him and and the whole sort of um the whole crew, the li- linesmen and also the fourth officials. Well, they all sort of did well, and thankfully, Chevrolet Shreve- Chevrolet did bugger all in the in the uh, TV box. So he had the best Thank in the house. Goodness, yeah. I <laughs> think
2: we're getting ready to play the VAR card, though. I'm sure. I was <laughs> <laughs> just getting ready to bring that
1: on us off the bench. Yeah. Uh, so penalties. Look, yeah. we'll save the debate on whether or not it's a good way to settle a title. I think it's fine because, quite yeah. frankly, you've got to show phenomenal composure to step up and hit the target. It's the way it's always been Yeah, yeah. but in even a one-off game. You have to decide it somehow. If you think penalties are luck, you've never taken one. And yeah. I, I yeah. normally hate those generalizing statements, but, quite frankly, that bugs me to no end. Anyway, Wilkinson missed. Valeri yeah. hits a woodwork. And Vukovic saves Rojas's attempt, and then, of course, it had to be Milos Ninkovic winning it, who has just signed a new deal with Sydney FC after his brilliant PR move of jumping into the cove <laughs> after scoring the winning penalty. Oh,
0: uh, it, was, it was a lawsuit <laughs> <don't know>, <laughs> winner. Well,
2: was he jumping into the yeah. cove because was going to resign, or because there was someone offering him two
1: hundred bucks in the crowd? <laughs> that was a fantastic photo. Yeah. But I loved the yeah, I loved the security guards just walking around going look, we've got to get him out, but he doesn't seem to want to go. <laughs> also, on the penalties, though, there was a distinct lack of quality compared
2: to the little penalties we saw up here three weeks ago. I think yeah. the, I think they were a better standard penalty taken up here. I know you can say the pressure of a grand final is different, but...
1: And also, I think the players there were actually probably closer to out on their feet. Yeah, it
2: was a much more intense game. Yeah. And I did so. I will say I did think that Sydney, when it got to that point, I did think they'd win just because Vukovic strikes me as the better goalkeeper in terms of reflexes, and it did turn out that way.
1: Yep. So the ratings were one of the highest games on Fox Sports: five hundred and fifty-three thousand on peak, two hundred and eighty to four hundred and eighty throughout. That's just on Fox Sports, I believe. Yep, yep that was yes. Most viewed grand final since two thousand and eleven. Highest rated Fox Sports coverage
0: this year, and if the SBS coverage.
1: Oh.
2: So it's
0: number two on Foxtel, generally, isn't it? I think yeah, so. Yeah. yeah. So high. Yeah. Like, mm. yeah. It, like, so that, and that's like so we we touched on it last week that you know the whole if you can get half a million people watching it through um through residential um Foxtel, you imagine what the numbers would be. You know, of free to wear or in the pubs and that. So look, FFA go. You know, if that's not a sign that you know that football at least at least the marquee game of the season is getting eyeballs on the screen or whatnot, then I don't know what is.
1: Just one final question. Over or under 1.75 million if this was live on free-to-air? Oh, it would have been so much higher. That's the point I was going to make. Imagine if it was live on free-to-air. Hmm. I reckon... I don't know if... I think 1.75 is about what I would have maybe expected. Maybe it bit what? over just purely because you've got the Sydney and Melbourne... Draw card, whereas last year with Adelaide and West Sydney, it might have been a touch under. Do you know the
2: numbers they got on the SBS for it?
1: Uh, I had the photo. If you guys want to just store for a second.
2: <laughs> oh, no, it would be yeah. really interesting to see what sort of numbers you could get on Free to Wear. Next year, if it does, as we suspect, go to Network 10. I, mean, I don't know. If it's, like, if it's live on like a, a more major Free to Wear network next year. You might very well get somewhere like that figure you were mentioning. Yeah, I don't know if
0: you get 1.2, even if SBS Live. I don't know if you get 1.2 million extra, but... Um, Here we on. go. Got the number. Metro,
1: 182,000. Regular, uh, 182,000 for regular, 71 for post-game. So That's still yeah.
0: 182,000 watching it on oh, one-hour delay. It's still on. pretty good. So, there are
1: loads of
2: Sydney fans watching it on replay like they want to see it again. <laughs> Actually, I
1: should clarify. I misread that. So Metro is one hundred eighty-two seventy-one thousand. So post-game slash shootout, Metro 254,000. That's where you get the Sydney fans yeah. watching it again. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: All right. So now just let me get back into this. Season recap, just quick thoughts on the season it was a very one sided
2: race wasn't it it was one team at the top and melbourne victory were in any other year they would have been the story because they were really good but sydney fc what 12 goals conceded or something or oh, 13 after the grand final that's unbelievable season really i mean yeah it's been really a one sided season but you have got to give them credit for it because they've
1: been but really good i don't think but i don't think last year compared to you know when it was just no. adelaide being the best of the bunch i think it was a case of sydney like the yeah, Raw team of 2010 yeah. 11, just saying. No, we're going to take this to the next level.
0: Look, uh, Sydney FC clearly far and away the the best team this season. And like I said, it, and there was no question from it that you, the ominous form because coming out of FFA Cup that Graham Arnold had this this squad to a tee. And like I said they look at the end of the day whether we like Sydney FC or not. Now we're we're trained not to like them, but but at the end of the day, look, they were the best team and they deserve it. You know, they deserve to be double winners.
2: Off the field, it did seem a bit stagnant the competition journey. It didn't seem to gain the traction that you would have hoped over the summer months, unfortunately.
1: And it did kind of stagnate, but it was a fantastic way to end it.
2: Oh, the quality of the field was great. Just off the field didn't quite
1: seem to hit the mark this year. Mm. And I think one thing that we can learn from a raw perspective here is you can't afford to stay stagnant. And there's going to be a little bit of that coming up very, very mm-hmm. soon. But before we do that, I just want to close off with one final thought. Andrew Redmayne has just won his third title in eight years. In those three title-winning seasons, he's played three freaking games.
2: <laughs> Didn't he also lose the grand final last year as a number one keeper?
1: Not that I remember. <laughs> no, he was wasn't
2: he was it one percent?
1: Entirely possible, but you, just let yeah, me no, have my. No. Job.
2: <laughs> that's that's unbelievable. Isn't
1: it? <laughs> yeah, the life, lo- the life of backup keeper. And but the one of those games he got credited with with the Roar in ten eleven was when he came on for the final ten yeah, minutes against Gold Coast. UK, yeah. Yes.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, of course. All right, so we're going to move on to news okay. for now. Uh, Brandon Borrello, it seems like he's going to have to take some German lessons.
2: Yes, this started last night on a Sydney radio show. Soccer stoppage time. We'll stoppage give them time. proper they were, credit. They were they have they have an agent on their show, and they were he was mentioning that he'd been talking to another agent, and Borrello was going to an unnamed German club. So that seems like it's going to happen. It seems like apparently he's agreed with this club, and they've got to sort out transfer fee. It does sound like that's what's going to happen. We'll see because they haven't been the most accurate over the time but it has been a little they get given credit for it
1: has been it was met with a little bit of skepticism yeah. when we posted that on our facebook and yeah. whatnot but since then sbs has picked it up and run with it and i believe news corp has I too i think also john Lewis
2: was asked about today and he said for now he's a brisbane Royal player
1: but that, that sounds kind of the big, big word kind of on, on for
2: now and, that, yeah.
1: and but that is a i feel like that's a big loss it is it's
2: also a great a great thing for the roar because this is a player who came through the youth team what four, four, three or four years ago and was overshadowed by Kwame Yeboah and Jai Yingham among others and he worked away and plugged away and he got into the first team and he he established himself and he did really well. Yeah. So while it's sad to lose him, it's a good thing for the Raw who can sell that to young players that this is what this is what the raw production line can produce.
0: Oh look I, I absolutely agree. Look I'd rather see a brand Burrello you know playing his trade in Europe rather than for a, a rival A league club yeah. on a free, at least you now the raw However, have, how have they decide to use that transfer mate? because I believe there is a transfer fee because it was this, a buyout clause. Yeah, buyout clause. So therefore, you know, however they do that, but at least you know, it's good luck to them, I guess. You know, yeah. you'd like you'd like to see our young products you know, go on and you know who knows where we'd be in a couple of years' time. But
2: apparently, this is one of the closest. it was one of the clubs that was out here to scout McLaren about two two months ago or so, and Borrello had a great game that day, and that's when they started to cotton on the idea of going after Borrello. and this could be good for him because it is a World Cup year next year. And assuming the Socceroos qualify, a good year in Germany could see him very quickly
1: into the just into have the to the get that little shot in at the Socceroos,
2: didn't he? <laughs> no, they, if, if, they may very well qualify, and if they do, Barello would be a decent chance of going potentially if he has a good year just, over there.
0: Just one quick point as well. I just hope that the raw you now I've learned from the stakes of the past from the Mariners, and maybe they hope they have a sell-on clause as well because <laughs> no, you, know, you never know. But,
1: absolutely, absolutely. But Barello won't be the only tacker going in the story. Uh, I believe for the Korea Mail today, they actually reported that um, apparently McLaren is leaning towards continental Europe, not the UK. Yeah. So that'll be interesting to see. But it seems like there's going to be a big clean-out of attackers yeah. with Joey Katabian announcing his departure via Instagram. So the story behind this I actually think is qu- quite interesting from us. So there was a post the other, oh, I think it was Saturday night, saying yeah. talking about leaving his housemates behind, but no one was quite sure what that meant. yeah. Then he took all the doubt out of it less than 24 hours later saying, thanks Brisbane Roar for a great year.
2: Yeah, he put that photo up at the whole team. Yeah. yeah,
1: that really took everything. <laughs> it's going to be
2: a completely new attack for the world, your point, because obviously Breuch is going, McLaren is going, Borello sounds like he's going, Katabian's already gone. It's so you're looking at, you've really only got left, Agostino, Brady and maybe Manuel Arana. I'm but actually... That's, like- that's a lot of... Players to lose, and you've got to find some. That's a whole front three you have to replace. I'm a little
1: disappointed though that Katabian's going because I feel unless he's going somewhere that's going to developing, hopefully not another A League club, but you never know. I
2: think it'll be MPL Victoria. I think he's being replaced by D'Agostino.
0: I think yeah, I think he slipped down. I think, I think he's a bit. I think he's a victim sort of you now of the fact that he was injured at that yeah. time. D'Agostino sort of emerged as as because they're, they're fairly even as far as you know playing you know National Youth League, but. You know, Katavin's injury yeah. saw Diego then you know, move up and then he's taken his opportunity. So I think it's just a case of you know, he's his future's lies better well. But you know, he he made a decent contribution while he's here. Yep. And best just of luck yeah, to him. Yeah, it just absolutely. didn't
2: quite work out for him, unfortunately.
0: And
1: congratulations must go to another Brisbane Royal player who'll probably wind up signing for a Victorian club before long. Dane Ingham. Don't be like that. <laughs> Our New Zealand International
2: is going nowhere. Yes,
1: he's made the 21-man final squad for the New Zealand Under-20 World Cup team. So congratulations and best of luck in the off-season. Please come back in one piece. Sorry, he's only going to South Korea. He's not going to another A-league club. He's going to the tournament. He's coming back. Yeah, that's right. Hopefully. Hopefully. All right, FFA Cup qualifies. Brisbane's own... (laughs) Scott. (laughs) We shouldn't laugh, but... That's the biggest (laughs) smile I've seen Scott have all year. And that, I wonder why. So, Rochdale Rovers 3, Brisbane Strikers 1. I'm not a big fan of Rochdale, but I'll take that result. Albany we? <laughs> Creek went down to Moreton Bay United. Olympic FC. Oh, what, a, what a derby that was. Walter Park to Walter Park. Yep. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> that's my life. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you would be too busy laughing to yourself there. <laughs> Olympic FC 2-1 over Western Pride. Brisbane City kind of came crashing back to earth with the 2-3 defeat to Logan Lightning. It wasn't a great week to be an ambitious club trying to get to the A-League, was it? It didn't no. quite work out for either of them. South's United 2-2 with Holland Park Hawks and Holland Park won 5-3 on penalties. And Brisbane Knights, pen Power... It's on tonight. It's on tonight. Oh, so big cup set
0: potential there.
1: Southside Eagles against Grange Thistle, University of Queensland against Redlands United... That game's still to be played, I think, tonight, tomorrow night. So look up look yeah. up those results yourself, yeah. damn it. <laughs> <laughs> also, James, outside of Brisbane, um,
2: Gold Coast City beat Gold Coast Knights down on the coast on the weekend. So they'll go and play Southwest Queensland Thunder. I think it's tomorrow night, actually. And the winner of that will play Calander for a spot in the round of 32. So you'd say the winner of that game will go through. And up north, it looks like it's gonna be the Finals, Queensland Heat, once again, because they beat Fury convincingly on Sunday, and they'll play the Magda. The Mackay Magpies. For How's that,
0: that ambition going? Yeah, I think Fury will meet in I don't think they ever went to that game very confident. They Twitter, went into the, the game whinging. The Twitter account was really yeah, unhappy on Saturday. so They
2: were whinging because it clashed with the grand final.
0: Mm.
1: I know. Anyway, uh, quick heads up for NPL round 10 this weekend. Raw youth playing Brisbane Strikers at AJ Kelly Park at Redcliffe, Saturday 6.15pm, so that should be should be fun. Yeah. I'm one, so if you are going to the Raw Presentation Gala on Saturday night, don't expect to find any of the youth players there. No.
2: no. And,
1: and if you're going to the Raw Youth Game on Saturday night, don't expect to see any club officials there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's going to do it for segment one of the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back right after this.
0: You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Welcome back. It's the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com.
1: Alright, welcome back to segment two of the Brisbane Football Review for the Outside90 Fan Network. It's James Scott and Adam with you tonight, and for segment two, because a lot of the games are done, we've decided to talk about a news story that came out last Friday. There's another bid for a Brisbane A-League, second Brisbane A-League licence with uh, Brisbane FC Brisbane City Gladiators. I'm so glad I'm not going to have to say that for a few years yet. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's the Brisbane City Club based out of Spencer Park at Newmarket. They're going to be wearing maroon, blue and gold, which, as I said, will lead to a retina-burning local derby when they face yeah. the Raw. And yeah, it's a fairly well thought out bid, I at least on paper. Scott,
2: it's a it's a bold. It surprised a lot of people, didn't it? Because no one, there was no hint that this was coming, really. And it it's a bold move what they're doing. The good, the one thing I do like about it is they're clearly differentiating themselves. They're not playing at Sun Yeah, they're going to play at Ballymore permanently. They're not. That's where they're going to play from day one. And I think that's good in the sense that it creates a difference. There's going to be a very different atmosphere at those games and. We should see how that works for them because the the benefits of it is the smaller ground, more intimate, better atmosphere in theory. But getting to Ballymore is not the easiest thing in the world, and there's not much parking around there, and the public transports will need improvement. But it's a bold move, and I, I, we'll see what happens with it. But I don't I don't mind the idea.
0: Well, I think the the one sort of point that they really struck quickly was that the who is actually behind this bid and um the bid chairman Robert Cavallucci who was on the Britain yeah. Raw advisory board as of last year and, and the big and the bidders of the rumored uh, takeover for the Brisbane Raw that that's gonna to sell to the back yeah. from the batteries to the backeries, um yeah, it's behind this. So it may have been a case of for Brisbane Raw. It may have been a case of you know here's the missed opportunity, and now now the this consortium is going is going to bid their own team. But um, look, it's a um, I think it, as long as you know, it's a still you no know, they're only one of twelve bids. Like yeah. So let's not let's not get ahead of ourselves and say oh there's yeah. going to be a second they're team. They're not Brisbane. definitely coming in. But but yeah, you know, like I said, but it's definitely got some high endorsements, a high praise. Obviously, John Cosmina. You know, being the coach that Brisbane will see yeah. at the moment Andy Harper is you know, gushing all over it at the moment as well so look it's it's a good sign but they're certainly not over the line yet
2: I want to see what they do from here because they've started off stronger but they've got to keep it in a new cycle I've got a i have got I want to I want them to really push forward with it and see where they can take
1: it from here I think over, overall just looking at it on the surface they've got a very good like, idea behind it is they're going yeah. to work with the QRU and try and get Ballymore up to standard because Vince Regari on the Daily Football Show on Friday was talking about, you know, yeah. how the stadium does need a lot of work. It is very it does. Oh, Wasn't
2: yeah. that part of their f- yeah. their funding, the money they've made I put the, aside part of that money for to contribute to the renovations? I
1: believe the number was five hundred thousand dollars, but yeah. Well it needs far
2: more than that. Yeah.
1: But just as a well, if they um, I think that's probably what it would yeah. need to just get it up to bare minimum standard. Yeah. And also, you, you've got a fantastic active support area right there on the old hill, at Ballymore. Or oh, so, you
2: could go the other end either way.
1: Yeah, we well, got the grandstand. you yep. got the bleach there, but that could be their family zone for all, you Possibly, know? Possibly, yeah. But I, th- I like the idea of it. And look, I'm still not entirely sold on the idea of a second Brisbane team where you're going to have. You might have some fun with the local derbies, but I do worry what that is going to do for the Raw. Because
0: here's, 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 my, here's my take on it. And this is where I don't like. This bit of Brisbane Strikers because they from day one have been hate the Raw. We are we are the team in Brisbane and this whole divisiveness. The bid documents so far, and the feeling you get is that you know what, they are happy to be part of the whole solution. And is it I know it's a traditional sort of you know, the whole sort of lines of a battle where you know, oh you're either raw or you're city. We're all soccer, we're all well, like soccer, we're all football fans. Is it, is it really a crime to actually support both teams? Because it means, if, if this were to get up, it means you have A-League football in this town every single week from October through to, or well, hopefully to May.
2: Yeah. I do think a lot of people, will if, if they, don't, they don't jump ship, they'll at least go and experience hmm. what another possibility is. But I I do wonder about the crowds for both. Because I do know they're talking about food vans and other such, creating like a family atmosphere around it at Ballymore, which... Would be interesting. It'd be, it'd be different, I think. It's the, the way to spell it. But, but I, w- I would be interested to see how that played out because it is a question.
1: Presumably, though, their break-even point will be much will yeah. be a much lower crowd figure yeah. than the Raw, who I think, last I heard, it was somewhere in the vicinity of 11,000 to break even mm-hmm. on a A-League match at Suncorp Stadium. Whereas if Brisbane City actually have some sort of, I don't know, food or beverage yeah. vendor rights or something, they... They're probably going to be able to get away with even just five or six, or you know, a Melbourne City crowd
0: five, five or six thousand at Ballymore, even its current configuration, is actually will look very impressive, yeah. Five or 6,000 at Suncorp Stadium, as you'll probably see tomorrow night, yeah. it's going to be shocking. And that's a and that, and difference in terms. But also as well, the other interesting point is that I think it's also being marketed as a sort of north versus south thing as well. Because That's ridiculous. Yeah, it, it's probably the more ridiculous sort of claims to fame because obviously Brisbane Roar are about to move their base down to Logan. You now Brisbane City are in, you know, the inner city. So that's probably the other sort of yeah. marking tool. But at the end of the day, I just hope that this doesn't become this you know this pitted rivalry. You know, over nothing. I think, in the, I think this town may be big enough for two teams, but it needs to be supported, you know, both. Even if you choose one, and can't just support the other.
1: Uh, that's probably yeah. what I'd wind up doing, is I'd still mm. keep my raw season ticket, yeah. my raw jersey, unless they did something really stupid to annoy me, which, well, let's face it, they've set the bar pretty high to clear <laughs> over the last couple of off-seasons. But, that being said, you know, I think I still probably would find myself going to a few Brisbane City games. You know, that's a neutral...
2: Yeah. A, yeah, I might go to a couple of yeah. games as a neutral, but I, I would certainly would not be saying I'm a Brisbane City fan. Uh, yeah. like I
1: spend enough on yeah. jerseys. There's no way exactly. in hell I'm adding another one to the stable.
2: And also, I, I agree with Adam. I don't think a north-south divide would be a good idea. I, I, don't, I that, just don't it think it would work in this situation. In Sydney, it works with east and west, but that's a very clear, that's such, that's clear more divide on many rapidly. different... It's not just geographical. There's a whole bunch of things that play into that. In Brisbane, that's just not the case.
1: Yeah, I just, I've just i never quite understood the whole geographical divide in Brisbane, you know, north or south it's of the... It's more
2: region. an in-joke than anything else. I've never yeah. seen anything like, seriously as a divide. But... <laughs> I've heard
1: certain commercial radio stations try and make it a big segment, but... Good luck to them. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so you were saying, Adam, you think it's got a better idea than the Strikers bid because yeah. I, I do think you're right there where they've got to work... With the Raw to galvanise the football community. And I think what this or any successful second bid is going to have to do is pick off the fans that are the casual Raw supporters, the ones that will go to two games a yep. year, and see if they can convert them into full season ticket holders.
2: I will say, in relation to the strikers, this puts the pressure right back on them because they announced their intention, what, a year or so ago with Miral Blyberg. It's now incumbent upon them to release their Well, plan. what do we wear? We now need to see what their plan is, though. Let's see what, they've, what they're planning on doing, and then you can have two bids in Brisbane, and the best bid will hopefully come to the top. Because I, I, I don't quiet. think this, this is not... They're not going to go away, the strikers. No. When the expansion does roll around, they're going to have probably a pretty strong bid in there. This also puts pressure on the FFA, though, because you've now got this, this FC Brisbane City bid come up in the last week. The Southern Sydney bid with the SBS guys has been well talked about. You've got the Vince Grell led Southeast Melbourne bid. Tasmania was very interested in the team at the turn of the I'll year. So I forget South Melbourne. South Melbourne. You've also got Canberra and Wollongong kind of talking about. There's six options right there. Expenses should be on the table. Well, that's, and, that's, and that's the thing,
0: is I, And this it's is time where... to bring it
2: back to the table if you're FFA because you've got a number of good options here.
0: And this is where I think. The problem with FFA is saying, "Oh, we're going to expand by two teams in this time frame," is that the problem is, is that with that, backing themselves into a corner now is that you may have six legitimately good bids that may tick all the boxes, and you're going to and you're going to alienate four sets who get their hopes up just because you. Like I said, as far as I'm concerned, if you've got six good bids that meet all the criteria, a self-funded or. Let them all in. Let's We can go from 10 to 16. Yeah, What's the problem? At the very
2: least, go two, then two, and then maybe look yeah. at the 15th and 16th mm-hmm. later on. But let's at least get to 12 yeah. and then to 14. Particularly if, if you've got good bids in Sydney, Melbourne, and Brisbane, what are you waiting for? You want more derbies? Yeah. yeah. That's six extra derbies in Sydney and Melbourne each, and then three derbies in Brisbane. That's, That's
1: it.
2: What are you waiting for there?
1: And just purely playing devil's advocate mm-hmm. here, though, you have to look at some of the other football codes in Australia with the Super Rugby where they've made the yeah. mistake of expanding too often, too much and now they're having to contract teams. Fun, yeah. And we remember what it was like when the FFA cut Gold Coast, cut North Queensland, even cut the New Zealand Knights back in Season 2, I think it was, yep. where you. Ha- I wonder if they're thinking we need to play it safe.
0: My, my counterpoint to that is simply... It's different now. And as, and as I said before, you've got good bids. You've got clear goals out there. The problem with North Queensland Fury was that they tried to break on this community-based system that didn't work. And you had Gold Coast United, who's based on a billionaire's yeah. you know plaything. Now, at least yeah. this time, there's more. Sort of it, and as far as you know, New Zealand Nazi, I think I was doing it from the very beginning. So, look, it's a different time. But certainly, yeah, no, I, I take your point on board that you know, there is a, that fear factor.
2: It is... Different, Adam's right, because Fury had a benefactor early and he kind of he kind of left early on and then it never really kicked on at that. And Gold Coast was a one man show and when that when he lost interest it was done. If if these bids are they seem to be more community based with better ownership groups, you've got to vet these people and make sure it's gonna work. But if it all checks out that we should go for it because we do need more teams in the A-League. And I think we need to
0: give Western Sydney Wanderers credit because they, they seem to yeah, be the that's the, model the, the benchmark follow. and model yes. of what you know, expansion should be about. And I
2: do think FC Brisbane City could follow that model as well because Parramatta yeah. Stadium
1: and Ballymore could be very similar. Yeah. Well, you know the other way you could let one of these extra worthwhile bids into the A-League? Get rid of the Phoenix. Oh,
0: don't. No, Very true. No, I... No,
1: no. I, hello I, to our outside 90 partners in, in <laughs> Wellington. <laughs> well, you know what? We can have new outside 90 partners when they come, cause, <laughs> Look, I, I wanted the Phoenix to stay, but at the end of the day, what do they really bring to the table? Sheep jokes for the other well, active fans? That's about it. Well, well mate,
0: yeah. You've got, you've got I, I was going to say, look, you know what? It's, it's well nice, but, you know, it's got to be a competitive commercial sort of thing. And now, as I said, if you've got six good bids yeah. here in Australia almost ready to go you're right you should be asked a question not only, not only of of um, Wellington feast but a central, central Coast Mariners as well they, they they shouldn't be immune from all this just because they're based in Gosford. if they're not pulling their weight why have them this will
2: annoy people but if you did get rid of Wellington you could then bring in the second Brisbane team and the, the south the southeast Melbourne team and the southern Sydney bid that gives you 12 teams yeah. that way but it it's a possible you have to start looking at these bids seriously because mm. If they're as good as it sounds, we need to start adding them in.
1: And just quickly, one last thought is, you know, the colour selection of maroon for the state of Queensland is a very good call. And then you've got the Brisbane City colours of blue and and yellow. That
2: also undercuts the Strikers as well, because that's the kind of colour scheme they were looking at.
1: All right, so that's going to do it for segment two of the Brisbane Football Review. Hey, look at that. We're already at half an hour. We'll be back after this.
0: You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Welcome back. It's the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com.
1: back to segment three of the Brisbane Football Review here for the Outside 90 Fan Network. It's James, Scott, and Adam. And before we get into segment three, I just want to do a quick plug for some reviews on Audio Boom and iTunes. We'd love to find out just how much you love me. I mean, us. Yeah, this is all for James's ego, yeah. really. What ego?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you can't shrug in an audio <laughs> podcast, Scott. I don't want really to answer that question. <laughs> yeah, probably a good idea. All right, so segment three, we're going to recycle a segment from the first episode where we go through the squad and talk.
2: said we weren't recycling anything this episode.
1: Yeah, I lied. So what? <laughs> that means I can get into politics. Yeah. So, uh, we're going to go through the squad and just talk about how some of the players went. Goalkeeper, we had Michael Theo, Jamie Young, and Tomislav Bilic making up that trio. I thought Theo had, I would say, a, real, a few really good moments this season, but once again, it was curtailed by injury.
2: It was an up and down, front, cause you did have a couple of, mistakes in there, obviously he had the two Adelaide moments where he let a goal in and then the the red card elbow thing, but on the whole he had some really good games, I think the Sydney FC games, in particular at home, he was
1: really good. And even the Wanderers final, yeah, up was, until he yeah. got injured, it was a fantastic effort.
0: Oh look, I think um, Theo obviously established himself as, as the number one goalkeeper, yeah, and look yeah it's a it's a good it's a good sign, I think you know a lot of people can look at the negative and say, oh no, Jamie Young should be there you know he had a good season previously, but you no, know, I think competition breeds performance and I think and as much as we got to credit um Michael Theo, I think also Jamie Young for the cameo moments that he put in, he did some good things, you know maybe the some of the Champions League you know yips, but you know we don't count that part of that that's yeah,
1: we'll just keep. Yeah.
0: We'll try and keep it to aliens. Yeah, <laughs> I, I
2: was I was a little bit sceptical of Jamie Young after his, some of his sort of playing out from the back in the last couple of years, but he earned my full respect, for you, particularly with the bravery he showed in the last in couple of weeks. That's that's that's. A, firstly, he had the great penalty save in the shootout. Then he busted his arm and
1: came back against yeah, victory.
2: He is the best backup in the league by a mile.
1: Yes, well, he took that right
2: no, out. No, the Roar are really lucky to have both of these keepers because there's some clubs who wish they had one of them.
0: And even for his, you know, his 60 minute performance in Thailand, I think yeah. um, Tom Billich also as well, I think, Absolutely. showed he, he didn't show any fear in Atta uh, in Bangkok. So look, I think you know you've got three keeper, a group of three keepers that you know, obviously Theo has only got yeah. a year at most left, but at least yeah. you now the future is bright. I Speaking of Billich that, will be in the squad. A year from now,
1: I think so. As the second mm. choice, but, but we'll see. Just quickly, while you mentioned Theo, Marco Monteverde was reporting that uh, Theo has been offered a one-year contract extension. Oh, I think that he's hinting that's done. Okay, he's basically no, no, that's no, a that's done deal. Basically, for yeah, yeah. To, to Marco, which yeah. is good. And just a quick recap of Billich's A League involvement this year. I thought he looked fantastic running up and down <laughs> the sideline.
0: <laughs> no, but he's, he's got a good future, Tom Billich. So mm. yeah, let's hope he sticks around.
1: And, okay, so it's going to move on to centre-backs. We'll try and keep this rolling so we don't put you to sleep. Devere, North, Bowles, Papadopoulos and Crestani. I think this might actually be the single deepest position group at the mm-hmm. Raw, and especially with the addition of Papadopoulos after Daniel Bowles went down.
2: That was a real luxury addition, wasn't it? To have yeah. three starting centre-backs to choose from for John Aloisi was absolutely perfect for
1: him. And he needed all of them this yeah. year.
2: And the fifth... I remember the first episode I said Luke, Luke DeVere you can't really count him for anything given his injuries. Well, he proved me wrong because he played what every game basically and he was absolutely brilliant for the Raw. I yep. think We didn't do our team of the year for the alley, but I had him in my team of the year. I think he was absolutely brilliant. It's and Jay North Jay North's another one who's been ever dependable for the Raw and mm. with Bowles, it was just so unlucky for him. He finally started to get an opportunity because North and DeVere was so good he never got a chance. The Champions League rolls around he gets some game time and he does his ACL. Yeah. So it's really unfortunate for him and with Cam Pristani, it's it was really good to see him get an opportunity I think he needs more time to work on things but it was good to see him get a chance He, he did well at times He stepped in some tough spots there
0: from, I guess from the from the bottom up, you know, it's good to see another you know another youth product, young know, Cam Christiani, you know, get some game time because you know for a while there it looked like he was going to be forever a youth yeah. player, but to actually get some championship and he played very well as well. Yeah. So another one you can hope for for the future, which is what you want to see. Um, look, I yeah, our centre backs, so, you know, you, you weren't going to go wrong any other way, even when Papadopoulos came on board, you know, mid-season. I think you're always going to be you know. No matter which way you went, you're going to have the bendable centre-backs.
1: And, you know, the one good thing about Papadopoulos is he never got that red card I was waiting for him to. <laughs> him. Well,
0: hang on. That's, <laughs> hang on is he, He's right tomorrow night, play? <laughs> I think Very he's nice. going to have
1: to. <laughs> I do wonder how
2: this is going to shake out next year. Because like, obviously Bowles is going to be out for most of the year with injury. injury the but calendar but, year. Yeah, I do wonder whether Chris, how the Christani Papadopoulos, is, who stays, who goes... And if Papadopoulos does stay and you've got him to be a North at the start of the season,
1: one of those three is not going to be happy sitting on the bench. Papadopoulos is another one of those players that they're apparently tabling a contract yep. offer to. So please stay, Avram. We quite like having you around. <laughs> um, I, you know, Jade North and Cameron Crestani, those two guys, You know, I think we're seeing two guys that probably overperform considering the stage of their careers they're at. North, you could see, start to see a little bit of age setting in, but he was still quite solid for pretty much the whole year and Crestani made a few youthful mistakes but
0: and also the fellow PFA members thought he was still um yeah you know, he's still going well Joe Northley made the bench of the young um, PFA team of the year but
1: yeah and just to, you know I thought the highlight of the season for Cameron Crestani was featuring in all the promo for the double header with the <laughs> NPL and they're not featuring in the NPL yeah. or A league game all so have no luck with these
2: promos yeah. do they the one for tomorrow night was all about... Royce we'll get to that in a minute Next segment, I think maybe.
1: Jacob Pepper should be a big participant. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Alright, so on to the fullbacks. Another, you know, really solid group. Jack Hingott and Corey Brown. Then you had the young backups of Kai Rolls, Connor O'Toole and Daningham. I didn't call him Jai.
2: Well, I'll get to the to the two senior guys in a minute but with Dane um, Daningham, talk about a meteoric rise. Off August, he was playing right wing in the NPL. Now he's going to the under-20 World Cup as a right back in a fully-fledged New Zealand international. It's he, oh, he did make some mistakes. There's no getting around that. But as a young player learning the position, I thought he did well. Kai Rolls is playing out of position. It's uh, it's hard to judge him and Conor O'Toole
1: in the truth. Because Kai Rolls played a lot as a... He's a centre-back, but he yeah. played left-back in the first. Mm. Team. It's hard
2: to judge what they played. Kai Rolls played two games. Yeah. And O'Toole came off the bench once. It's hard to judge them.
1: One of which was, I believe, that 6-0 thumping yeah. for Ulsan. Yes, correct.
2: Yeah. Um, With Hingert, I thought Hingert was the dependable man at the back. I thought he was really, really good, and he's continued to take steps forward. And with Corey, I think he, you could say he's the most improved player. Not Absolutely. Just, not just in Raw, the whole competition. He's gone from a player who we all questioned whether or not he's going to be able to step up and fill those shoes of San Stefanudo. So he might be the best or second best left back in the competition at the moment. It's been a really, really good to see him finally claim his spot as a first-team regular.
0: Look, um, look, there's not much more I can add to that on the senior guys, like Jack Hingott and Corey Brown, I think the fullbacks, they're probably for me, they're number two behind uh, Ryan Grant and Michael Zulo. Ryan Grant.
1: Sorry,
2: Ryan Grant. I've
0: got another right back ahead of Ryan Grant,
2: but yeah.
0: I'll save that. But, um, but yeah, no, I think they are dependable. I think they whole whole back four, I think as well. That's the solid base that the Raw needs to go moving forward.
1: And Jack Hingott, I thought the best part of him this season was, he seemed to have a lot more confidence getting forward and just having some shots, so maybe he's finally picking up some of the tips Franich started to give him.
2: Maybe he's, he, he had Franich there with him for a long time, didn't he? Yeah. So it's possible.
1: And I still remember that 2013-14 championship year where, and well, championship, premiership <laughs> double, where, you know, he was starting at right back and Franich was at right wing, so... Just a weird little trivia note. On to the midfield. Matt Mackay, Thomas Christensen, Joe Colletti, Jacob Pepper, and Nathan Constantopoulos. I've learned to say his name over the season. Yay. Adam, we'll let you lead off with this one.
0: Uh, look, you know, Matt Mackay, captain. You know, captain sort of dependable. You know, he's still, he's still you know, a very, very good player, um, but maybe we're with see signs of him regressing just slightly. Um, I think... Thomas Christensen, for an import. I think he'd be happy to get his what he gave. He had he had a few sort of games that you know were a little below his standard, but I think overall you know he was a he was an adequate cover for Corona. But Corona was that much better. You know as far as you know he was you know you know, basically in the top echelon of players last year. Uh, and Joe Lee, I think that was you no, know, that really was a big surprise. You know he, we knew that he was a good. Young player coming through, but to actually to establish himself late, late in the season, especially when the, the, the uh, fixture congestion came on, and actually st- stood up. I think that's also well, yeah. You know, and as well, you know, look, Jacob Pepper and Nathan Costantopoulos, um, there's more squad players more than anything,
2: yeah. Pepper's a squad player and he played like it, yeah. that's the best. Plenty of people are giving him a lot of stick. We might just leave it at that. With Coletti, he's his emergence into the first team has been absolutely unbelievable, yeah. What You're he not- was able to do. Making his debut. It was against Globally made his debut, right? Yeah, well, yeah. Ever since then, what he's been able to do has been absolutely unbelievable. And How did he go on his
1: nap plan testing last week? Don't worry, guy. he's got another one in two yeah. years to
2: come. With Christensen, I thought he started off really well, but he kind of faded. I know injury, but he did kind of fade. You'd be hoping for him to get back to the start. If you can... If you get a full send of him playing like he did in the first third of the season, you'd be really happy. And with Matt Mackay, you said it was slightly drop-off. I kind of agree with that, but I still think he's got plenty to offer going forward. Oh, in a yeah, leadership nah. sense, more than anything. Yeah.
1: I asked a question on Sunday night after he scored. Would you have rather have kept Barisha or Mackay at the end of 2014? If you had to pick one of them to go oh, to look. victory and one of them to go like, stay in the raw.
0: Look, maybe this is a discussion for another show, but I think I think there's a bigger question about who we should have kept, and it's not Matt Mackay. It's a, it's a choice between Berisha and someone else that we'll get to later.
1: Ooh, I detect a controversial opinion here. I'm not responding to that So you bring it up later. Uh-uh. Yeah, I thought Thomas Christensen, the one thing he was definitely a step above Corona on was his defensive yeah. abilities. Like, he... I swear every time I saw him jump for a header, he won it. Now it probably helped that he was seven foot eight or whatever, but
2: he did bring that defensive steel to the midfield, didn't he? I think that was that was one thing we said we really I think, needed. I think
0: Thomas Christensen, he's your typical number six. I think going back to days, you know, the days of traditional raw days, you know, we had a you Now Eric Pardaloo whereas you know, Corona last was more of a Luke Bratton, you know, central midfielder sort of role. So I think it's good to actually have that defensive screener back and I think, you know, he did he did a good job.
1: Yep. Alright, so we're going to move on to the attacking midfield duo, I suppose. There are only two names yes. to throw in here. Brett Holman and Dimi Petrados, and both of which had probably half a season of contributions.
2: Yeah, Petrados was really good when he was in the side, wasn't he? Not just his set pieces, but that's what really stands out was his free kicks. But He did contribute quite a lot. His goal celebrations sucked. They do, but...
1: Hopefully we don't the... see another one tomorrow night. Yeah, no. that's
2: all Sun's problem now. <laughs> yeah. With Holman, arriving late didn't help him. The injury he got didn't help him, but... We need to
1: see more from him. I'm, I'm going to put... that one yeah.
2: good week when he scored in Perth then he scored the Champions League and he scored against, two against Wellington and then he went MIA in the finals. We yeah. Need to, he's one of our best players going forward. We need to see more consistently from Brett.
1: That being said, yeah, I obviously there was a little bit of disappointment but in in that same regard, I still want to see him next year yeah. before I say, you know, oh, he sucks, get him out, send him to... Oh, there's other players who stand up more than him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think we've still seen those moments of quality from
0: him. Oh, look, I, I just I think back to you know we we played last week our predictions, uh, you know, for, for the season going forward. You know, from 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 episode one, and look, and it depends with Brett Holman how you look at it. Like as I said at the time, if you're looking for someone to be the Messiah, you're you're disappointed. But as a solid player that has soccer experience, whatnot, he did a job, and I think injury did, did sort of you know ruin a lot of, lot of seasons. So I'm on with you guys. So the fact is, you know what, we need to see something more next season and more consistency.
1: Yep. All right, so on to the wingers, Thomas Broich, Brandon Borrello, Tommy Orr, Manuel Arana, and Shannon Brady. Now, I'm going to lead off by saying this whole group, the main standout storyline for me is the fact that Thomas Broich was way better than I think any of us expected him to be this year.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Look, yeah, it, it, it was this, and this is where I think we've gotten to where we are now. Is that I think everyone expected back in September, or October, that, you know, this is going to be Thomas Broch's last season, he'll start regressing, you know, with age. It's scary he just got better and better. And to the point where, you know, it's, it's you know, all of a sudden, rather than sort of, he's even believed in himself, where he said, you know, I, I, mean, I want another season.
1: He's healthy for the first time yeah. in a couple of years, and
0: yeah. Like,
1: you could see his mobility. He's a step slower than he used to be, yeah. but he's still got the brain to just yeah. make things happen. He's still beat players. Yeah. Very yeah. easily, and that's... In confined spaces, absolutely. Like when you get him down... absolutely
2: class, Thomas Broich, this season. I, I think he's... Of the five players you mentioned, I think
1: he's been the best of them. Absolutely. Like convincingly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But that did also yeah. impact Tommy Orr, who... Mm. They tried to get him into the starting lineup, but... He couldn't convert them into goals, and then when he finally started to look good, he started to miss time with injury.
2: Yeah, he had injuries. He was played a 10 at times, but at his point last week, you need to see more from Tommy
1: York.
0: Mm. Going Spe- forward, this especially year, on the money he's going to be on next He season. wasn't
2: good enough this year, unfortunately. We do need to see more from him.
1: But that being said, though, I and this will be a topic for next week, but I will be interested to see if there is possibly a change to the setup next year. And as a little bit of a tease... Actually, Tommy All-Functioning is a, in a dual number 10 role with Brett Holman. Okay. Well, just something the other
2: guys. We talked about Barello in segment one, about what a good season he had. Manuel Arana, not quite. I think, again, he arrived late, so you've got to give him a slight benefit of the doubt, but you didn't see him... Re- Corona arrived late as well, and he warmed into the task quite well. Hervas,
1: on the other uh, hand.
2: Yeah, it was more Hervas than Corona, wasn't it? And with Shannon Brady, he didn't play much, but he did show you he could absolutely beat a man with skill. He's got an absolute bag of tricks as a winger. And hopefully, with all the changes we're seeing up front next year, we might see him get more regular chances off the bench.
1: And live up so to I think he
2: could be a really, real X factor.
1: And live up to the Brady surname. We're going to move on to the strikers. Jamie, McCl- Jamie McLaren, 20 goals, great season for him. But, yeah. yeah, and I think he's probably earned his spot.
2: Don't forget he had that dip in the middle of the season. I w- is he... When Adam
1: was overseas, he was saying, is he in form? Is he out of form?
2: <laughs> were you Except actually that? trying to send
1: him to the MLS while you were there? <laughs> <laughs> I
0: was like, I recruited him for LAFC, actually.
1: <laughs> and then you had the young players, which we've already discussed, yep. Joey Katabian and Nick D'Agostino. Yeah, I, I favor Katabian, but D'Agostino is doing a very good job. So. He took
2: his chance when he came in, didn't he? He looked a little bit nervous, and then he got his first goal. And after that, he showed real composure at the end of the year. Just yep. step up and take that penalty in the semi-final. There's a lot of young players who would say, no, I'm no part of that.
1: Yeah, and again, that goes back to why shootouts aren't a lottery. You've actually got to have some sort of composure and yeah. ability to hit a football. And on that note, I think we're going to call it into that segment. What do you say? Yeah, Okay. All right, so this is the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back right after this.
0: You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com.
1: Welcome back. It's the Brisbane Football Review powered by Outside90.com. And welcome back to Segment 4 of the Brisbane Football Review for the Outside90 Fan Network. It's James, Scott, and Adam. Scott, have you got the plugs memorized?
2: I do have a memorized. Yes, something, um Podcast, audio boom, and iTunes, James, as you look at me intently here. Radio Switch 1197, you can listen there. On Twitter at Raw Review, Facebook, Facebook, Brisbane Football Review, and you can email us at BrisbaneFootballReview at gmail.com. Well, James that... loves to hear from you.
1: Absolutely. And I know we won't have, we'll have
2: fan cams, but not till next season. So.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, we can do fan cams. It'll just be just random people walking by a Raw jerseys on yeah. a Thursday afternoon. <laughs> But yeah, it was fun. Fun doing the fan camps this year. So once again, thank you to everyone who participated. Yeah. We had, or well, we had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun doing the interviews, and the other two guys had a lot of fun laughing at me doing the interviews. <laughs> yeah. And they had a lot more fun laughing when I bollocks up the piece to camera. Yeah, I was about to say
2: the outtakes were even better.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we'll wind up with a uh, outtakes reel at some point. I'm hoping
2: to. We're talking, trying to talk James
1: into it. <laughs> I'm not the one. that... Yeah, I'm not the one to talk to you about that. Lachlan? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's Lachlan? And in case you're wondering, yes, we are absolutely stalling because while the Raw have a game tomorrow night, there really isn't a lot to talk about with that. So, Adam, what are you on to this week?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's... Um, yeah, it's this game against David Robert
1: against And oh, Hyundai. Is,
0: look, I think the, the main prediction will be you know over under 5,000, I think. I'm taking the Unders.
2: Yeah, I'll take the Unders on that. I think it might have been about 5,000 the crowd if Thomas Broich was
1: playing in this game. And the weather was somewhat yeah. decent. Mm-hmm.
2: Unfortunately, he's not playing, so the real hook for this game is what? Borello's chance to fail. Brandon Borello, Jamie McLaren, okay, but that's not going to get as many through the gates as a
0: Thomas
1: Broich's last game would have done. But apparently Broich is still going to be there and taking part in some stuff, which is...
0: I heard I heard an invitation from dr to actually join the den tomorrow night. I think he was sitting up in the, yes. the corporate boxes and... Yeah, but he'll be on his own because that side of the stadium's all closed. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, Okay, well, Thomas Broage not playing, so apparently he rocked up to training Monday, his words, and his ankle just wasn't good to go, which, look, I'm not going to blame him for not wanting to play in a dead rubber in his last game for a club when he's looking for a new deal. Total 2 plus 2 equals 5 logic from me, and I'm going to preface it with this is all interpretation on my part. I'm wondering if he's got a deal lined up with an Asian club or possibly even the MLS where, you know, come two weeks from now, he's going to be lining up in his first game for hypothetical club.
2: I'd say if he's got a deal lined up anywhere, it'd probably be Southeast Asia somewhere like Thailand or somewhere because those leagues are running at the moment. But I might run knows, into him on my honeymoon. Who knows whether or not he has or hasn't, but it's unfortunate
1: we don't get to see him play once more. Yeah. So be really
0: I think, be, I think it's the smart money apparently is Bangkok Glass.
1: With a uh, certain Matthew Smith. would be yeah, the one. Guy. Yeah. Well, he's got the contacts yeah. over there, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, it is disappointing we're not going to get to see him and give him a proper farewell, but I'm sure he'll be walking around with his leather jacket and ripped jeans, I'm guessing.
2: On the contrary, though, there's an opposite side. The farewell he did get three weeks ago at Suncorp with the opposite of big emotional 22nd minute Round of applause, and the way the game finished as well was really good, and that was a kind of a fitting way for it to finish, really, in front of a better crowd than we're going to see tomorrow night. At no, I think
0: if, if that's if that's the last moment that we're going to, that we're going to see yeah. of Thomas Broach, you know, the 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 iconic scene kind of seen him, you know, cheering, you know, with you know, two ice packs strapped to yeah to you know his hamstrings, you know, and cheering and whatnot. If that's the last image we have of Thomas Broach as active player for Brisbane Raw then you know what, that's 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 great. Yeah. But um, I think on the other hand as well. Um, and why this game is such a hard one to preview is that we don't know what all Santa are going to do. We don't know if...
1: Because it's a dead rubber for them too. They're, you know? they're,
0: they're going to finish third no matter what, um, unless we win 7-0. Uh, which is not. Well, oh,
1: that's
0: going to happen. Come on, <laughs> here we go. But and look, and I guess Dimi Petrados um, homecoming. Here. Homecoming. He is here. Um, so that might be it. But yeah, I it's a like I said, it's going to be one of those nights when you know what, you might be better off being a social outing than you know, a football game.
2: It's interesting to see what sort of team the raw field here because you'd have to say any players that the niggle aren't going to play, so you're probably not going <laughs> to see Hingett. And Corey Brown, you with might With their not broken see,
1: faces. Yeah,
2: you might not see Matt McKayla. He was at the press conference today, so maybe he will feature even as a cameo. Yeah. Just no, well, well there's no real reason to play even slightly injured players in this game, so you're probably going to see a lot of young players once again.
1: At a guess, sorry, I, I know no, he no, you're say right. That. Yeah, yeah, you're right. At my guess will be that you're going to start with McLaren, Barelo. Yep. Probably. I'll,
2: I'll probably get substituted like, in the second half at some point and get the...
1: I'm going to the, say Ma- yeah, McLaren's going to go first in the 60th minute. Borelli's going to go in the 70th. Because, let's good. face it, what's the point in predicting the score for tomorrow? There's, 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 there's not a lot else to really gain from this game. Adam, back to what you were
0: gonna say. Yeah, just like I guess one thing as well, you know, Warren, sort of the broader subject of the Asian Champions League, you know, for those who were back in the raw about not respecting the a- the ACL and whatnot, Asia. Have have a look at the side that Jiangsu Santi are gonna to field tonight. And you tell me that they're not disrespecting or they've got other ambitions. So, you know what, no Uggs Teixeira. no Roger Martinez, Ramirez is is suspended. they like I said, in a game which you know, Adelaide United could actually qualify. So if they're not taking it seriously, well, I don't know. But as I was saying, you know what? Chinese clubs been doing do for ages. So I think it's very unfair that the raw were targeted as disrespecting the it's
2: it's A League. Acl, way. sorry. I'm, are we yeah. going to start? Have we heard anything about the damn goalpost incident yet? AFC has been very quiet on that front. No.
0: Have
2: they got Roger Goodell running they it? They just might because I've not heard a single thing no. about that since it happened. That's two NFL jokes tonight, by the way.
1: <laughs> All right, so, yeah, farewell. It seems like the only farewell so for players on the pitch yeah. are going to be Broich, McLaren, and Barello yeah. Well, there are, those,
2: are, are others out of contact, Papadopoulos, Pepper, Arana, Coletti, but we don't know what they're doing yet. Yeah. Well, so it's, we'll hard, see. it's
1: hard to say farewell someone something, you know, when Liverpool might be back next season, but you mentioned the seven nil. There's a there's a part of me which is kind of tempted to just have, tell Aloisi, <laughs> look, you're really not going to make much of a difference. So just go one at the back, four in the midfield, five attackers.
0: Look, you'd, you'd hope that you know both, both clubs. Is, That's it's both clubs. competition, right? You know what they go out there play attacking football. You know what if it's a four three game, no matter what, then you know what at least those people you know, may actually go home a little bit happy.
1: Yeah.
0: No, you'd be a dead rubber. You hope, you hope it's not a draw, or nil or draw well, where both teams I was just about to
2: bring you both back down to work. Thomas I Christensen think, and goal. I think that would yeah. be great. Yeah, <laughs> cool. I think it's going to be the opposite of what Adam's talking about. You're talking about fast, exciting, open. I think it's going to be dull and no. slow. and uh, Scott, I'm just
1: saying what I think is going to no, happen. Uh, if, if there's five or more goals in this game, you don't have to do the post-match video.
0: No, no, no! Mike him do it. Oh, that's right. You're
1: doing it on your own. Yeah, that could, that'd be great. Okay, Scott on his own. Okay. If there's a five or more goals, you're doing the post-match video on your I own. Think
2: we know post-match video then.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Saturday night, it's the Raw Gala awards night. Predictions. Yeah. I have no idea if I'm going. I don't think so. So yeah, prediction. I'll be at the. I'll be um, AJ yeah, Kelly be Park, Park in Redcliffe, watching
2: the derby. so I won't be there.
1: Yeah, and, uh, I, and also, I think, mm-hmm. given some of the jokes I might have made tonight about the squad, if yeah. any of them listen, I might not want to be there. <laughs> um,
2: we'll, go, we'll go through it quickly. A-League Player of the Year for the role. Corey Brown. Jay McLaren. I'll go different. I was going to say McLaren, but I'll go bright, sentimental. I'll give it to him. Yeah. Okay. W-League Player of the Year. Can only be one, Katrina Gorey.
0: Yep.
1: Gorey in a landslide. And the Youth Player of the Year. I'll surprise you. I'll say Joe Coletti. Oliver Duncan.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> uh, Nick Diossino for me. Duncan was the first <laughs> name that popped into my head, to be <laughs> honest, and I don't like thinking too much. All right, well, you know what? I think we've stretched enough. We've gotten yeah. enough blood out of this room. Did rock. you
2: want to give a prediction for this game tomorrow night or not?
1: Yeah, 6-3 raw. <laughs> <laughs> I've lost the predictions thing, so what have I got yeah. to lose?
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm here to go 4-3 all sun.
1: I right, well, I did
2: a, I was A cheeky plug, I did a... Chat with K League United States on our social media. I said one all there. I'll stick with that here.
1: Yeah, one all draw. <laughs> all right. So thanks everyone for bearing with us tonight. We'll be back for one more episode next Tuesday night. I think we said we'll record this is Tuesday. Yeah. yep. All right. And yeah, it was yeah, fun for, for
0: Mad Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> we
1: prom- we promise we'll be somewhat coherent when we record, as yeah. opposed to every other week. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you check out our post match video tomorrow night. It's Brisbane Football Review.
2: Thanks for listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com.
0: Here's a thought. What if you woke up to find you'd won $20,000 every month for 20 years? Imagine the possibilities. Set for life from New South Wales Lotteries. Grab an entry in-store or online today.